Welcome everybody to Hidden Guardians Podcast, your only podcast host by actual Hidden Guardians. Today we do have some Destiny 2 news. Uh, it's about the game director of Destiny 2, Joe Blackburn. He had an announcement a couple days ago, January 31st, if I remember correctly, 30th, 31st, something like that. Uh, we'll talk about that. And then depending on what else we feel like talking about, I might discuss my time with like a dragon infinite wealth the new rpg from he hates it uh, everybody rgg studios <laughs> shut up <laughs> the eighth official game in the like a dragon slash yakuza franchise the second of the rpg style starring uh uh ichiban kasura i think Kasuga, there we go. Ichiban Kasuga. Um, I'm enjoying the hell out of this so far. Don't listen to Venge. I'm Outrider. I am joined <laughs> by Venge. And hey. yay. And we ended up, <laughs> uh, as I said, Joe Blackburn had a little bit of an announcement. Let's just read the whole thing here. He put it up on his Twitter account. I don't care what Elon wants to call it. Um, he says next month, the final shape will be hitting one of its most critical internal milestones, the ritual we call the end to end play test. This ritual has been key part of the development since forsaken. It's multiple days of consecutive internal play testing that not only generates incredibly valuable closing feedback on everything coming this summer, but also spiritually kicks off a shift towards bug fixing and polish work. Heading into this milestone, I've gotten to play hundreds of hours of the final shape, and what a world-class talent here at Bungie has created has quickly become uh, of the things I'm most proud to have worked on throughout my career. Uh, this ritual will be especially meaningful to me personally, as it'll also serve the moment that I pass the torch to Destiny 2 game director to the next era of leadership as I head on to a new adventure outside the walls of Bungie. As we hit end-to-end -end next month, Tyson Green will take the reins of the D2 game director. If you followed Bungie for any length of time, you've heard his name. From Halo PvP to the creation of exotic weapons in D1, Tyson has been a critical part of Bungie's legacy since Myth 2. As a deeply invested Guardian before starting here at Bungie, getting to be part of the Destiny 2 team has been a privilege of a lifetime. I am and will forever remain a lifelong Bungie fan and believer in what the teams within his walls are capable of. I still got some time before I pass the torch, but as I look forward to taking a big break from social media, I'll know I'll see you all around the tower. It's going to be great to play Destiny alongside of all of you. Um, this weekly update, uh, Bungie's weekly update for Destiny, also had something from Tyson himself. Uh, Mr. Green says, My time working with Bungie started in, with Myth 2 back in 1998 and has carried through almost every product we've released since then. I've been pleased to be part of the Destiny from essentially the beginning, from early days introducing loot to our shooter culture, to more recent days guiding the brilliant teams responsible for the breadth of Destiny's core systems. Reward, combat, activity, social, and commerce systems. Joe has always brought a lot of energy and creative vigor to the team, and it has been a pleasure to work on Destiny with him as a teammate and friend. I expect we're going to miss him terribly. To step into this role is humbling, but also energizing, and I look forward to carrying on his work and service to our players and our team. 
My passion as a developer has always been to build the supports around which the community can grow. I came to Bungie from a fan community and aspire to build things that players can share as common interests. From Halo 3's Forge and file share systems to Destiny's build crafting and Fireteam Finder, I am proudest of the things that bring our community together in collaboration. I look forward to more such opportunities in the final shape and in the years of Destiny Beyond. So the Destiny community took this well. <laughs> no panic, no nothing. Everything was actually fine and, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, you know what? It, it's been expected. We've seen this happen over the span of this 10-year game franchise that the game directors will step down, typically at a major DLC launch, right? Uh, it feels strange that Blackburn is stepping down in February when the final shape comes out in June, but remember, the final shape was supposed to come out in February. So he probably was already planning to head out. It's just the delay. He can't change his plans. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I understand people's uh, trepidation saying this is a bad look, that the game director is bowing out months before the new stuff comes out. When in reality, it was supposed to be when the new stuff came out, like everybody else does. Yeah. Um, it kind of sucks that uh -huh. Joe is leaving. Joe took over, I think, when Beyond Light shipped. Uh, yeah, I think so. Because he was the uh, game director for The Witch Queen, but also Lightfall. And The Final Shape. Um, he's also been very uh, forward-facing with everybody. He's been more talkative, more open. Um, he's been willing to, you know, say, hey, we made a mistake. We're going to fix it. I remember there was the uh, hoo-ha over the state of the game. Yeah. And people were really pissed off about it. And he actually came back, like, what, a week later with, like, a video that he made in his own house mm -hmm. with things written on scrap paper, all of his thoughts, and he just kind of went, this is what we're doing. I think that D2, uh, what was it, PvP strike team that they put together that's going to be putting out, like, three maps, I think, before the final shape comes out, maybe? I can't remember when that's supposed to drop, but it is supposed to be before Final Shape. I'm thinking it's going to be like April or something when that, uh, whatever, the, the 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 new light experience or whatever the hell is coming uh, in April. I think that's when we're going to get it. I know they did announce the day. I just can't remember when it is. I, I, I don't recall. I don't recall at this point. Uh, some of, Some of these dates are not like in stone yet. I think all we know is, all right, so we have the wishes going on now for the next, well, this is currently recording during week six, uh, week one of this, and there's still five more weeks after this. Mm -hmm. Then there's Guardian Games that hits. That'll be in March. And then when that's all over, I think that's when the next thing that kind of works into Lightfall, uh, light, that the final shape is happening. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to go back to Lightfall again. <laughs> Please no. Please, please no. 
the, the pain is innumerable. I, I don't want to do that again, man. Same. Um, but uh, overall, you know, it's going to suck having somebody that was very much out there going away and being replaced by someone that has zero social media presence. Mm-hmm. So if we hear anything from the new game director, Tyson Green, it's only going to be on their official channels. Probably never for him directly. It's just going to be a statement that whoever's running the comms at the time is going to be, you know, putting up there and that's it. Yeah. You might see him on a Vidoc here and there. Uh, but th- this is going to be a... I think this is the part that's going to hurt is the shift away from the what felt like open communication, which, yeah. you know, the, the Destiny 2 player base did, sure as hell did not squander that, right? That was a gift <laughs> that they held very precious and they didn't attack people randomly. No, never. Never. It was never insulting and never calling, you know, horrible things to happen to them or their family or like, you know, swatting them or sending lots of pizzas to their house or veiled threats about where they know where they live or anything, nothing like that. They would never do anything like that, right? No, never, never, never. I'm not even once. No, no, never. I I wish if we were recording this with video, Venge, and you and I were talking about this while I was saying all that, the news article headlines were popping up behind us. Yeah. Detailing oh, yeah. all the fucking times that happened. It's a, uh, in a rough go. Yeah. But yeah, he's, um, you know, moving on. I, I, I think it's a loss because from what I have seen, even the people that were let go recently at Bungie, have only had said the best things about him. You know? It, it, uh, it definitely really went to show, like, the impact he's had on, like, the game itself and just the way that he carries himself and what he wants is just, like, the best for the game. And, yeah. And the character and person that he is i mean it's like yeah you know what you saw was what you got and you actually had a very kind of goofy and dopey person who was genuinely kind and caring and loved Mm -hmm. what he did and wanted to see everybody succeed and you know that that kind of is a loss (laughs) especially one that had no problem actually being out there and talking Yeah, and like owning owning the mistakes and stuff like that. That's th- at least for me what I think is the bigger part of losing Joe is that. Yeah, but yeah, never really know what can happen and all that. So yeah, we, there there's no idea what's going to happen, and honestly, um, I I can't speak for like everybody that plays this game and I will not try to, but there are going to be some players that when they finish the next expansion, they're done. They're moving on. And whatever Mr. Green is bringing to the table will not affect them. So I hope that 
you know, the change to him benefits those people that are going to be staying around. But as usual, it's going to be a little while before you start to see the effects of those changes. Oh, yeah. You know, at the very least, I think the episodes still have Joe Blackburn's uh, fingerprints all over them. So it'll be an interesting experience, and I can't wait to hear people's thoughts on it as, um, you know, the product evolves and newer stuff comes out. Uh, I definitely wish Mr. Green all the luck in the world and frankly, stay off Twitter. Yeah, if you don't have it, don't make one. <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 don't do it. Uh, it's go, not worth it. Uh, go back to, you know, just release stuff directly from your official channels on your website. And um, that's just how it is. I mean, that's where it has to be now. And that's that's a issue of... Uh, uh, Bad actors <laughs> being on mm. social media and a um, reduction in comms team and player support teams. So it is what it is. I am horribly disappointed, though, that um, at no point we've seen any of the executives saying that they're leaving. Uh, we also know that's not ever going to happen. Which is horrifyingly disappointing to me. Um, it, it does suck. Yeah. Because, you know, those are the ones that make the actual money decisions and really steer the boat in the direction that it's going. And, um, you know, change really should start from the top, I think not just having a revolving door of the people that are actually building the game. Mm -hmm. Because I think that breeds chaos somewhat. Which is also amazing that Tyson Green's been with the company for as long as he has. Oh, yeah. I mean, he and, uh, what was it, Christopher Barrett have been there for like 25 plus years. Mm hmm wild so uh thank you mr uh, joe blackburn for everything you've done good luck on your future endeavors yes i'm interested to see what you're gonna do uh he's probably gonna open a joe lee fans jesus christ <laughs> yes i've been waiting to use that one <laughs> I wholeheartedly believe that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That came to me in a vision. And I was just like, I'm going to Um, yeah. I don't know what he's going to do. One thing I do want to add, um, uh, more more about Tyson Green. Um, and I, I don't know if people would consider him to be the best source because he was also a game director. <laughs> um but Luke Smith came out of his hiding to um, make a little thread about um, how how good a hands we're going to be in um, with Tyson at the helm. Um, 
I, I feel like Luke probably does have still a good bit of pull in some areas, but we obviously don't really Nobody knows know what because his uh his his change from game director I felt was like really quiet until it was announced that Joe was taken over. Um yeah. Um I think if you're getting praise from anybody for jumping into the position that you're about to is a positive one either way. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I mean, yeah, I did see that too. Uh where he wrote up you know, seven little posts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. about Tyson Green taking over and how everybody's in good hands and all this stuff and praising Joe for you know what he did and praising Tyson for what he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good for him. I find it weirdly strange that uh, I can't... I, I totally, Luke Smith, yeah, there we go. Luke, Luke Smith, Smith, yeah. He He's so gone out of my mind because he's just not there anymore. Uh, same with Mark Noseworthy. I have no idea what the hell either of those two are doing. You can look at their job titles and just go, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Like, They're still they, there, but that's that's about the extent that we really <laughs> know about what uh, their means, so. Right. Uh, but, you know, having them come out and, like, you know, Smith come, going to bat for this guy, it's like, no, eh, that's cool. That's cool. But I find it really strange that it was almost what, if it wasn't on the day, it was like the day before Groundhog's Day that he popped up out of his hole, uh, Mm -hmm. tweeted on social media, and then went back in after he saw his shadow. (laughs) Yeah. Now I want you to envision Luke Smith as a a groundhog. Now. (laughs) Done. Yes. I appreciate the image you have planted in my brain. I want you to envision Bill Murray driving with said Luke Smith groundhog and going <laughs> over of with stuff like that. <laughs> oh my! But um, that's that's like the the big thing that came out of this week mm-hmm. in Destiny related content. Uh, I know the wishes are live. Yeah, I picked up the quest, started messing around with it. Went, I don't want to grind out blind wells and stopped. Sure. That that's that's the extent of it. I think uh, the after thinking about it from when we were talking about what the rewards were, and I was going, yeah, getting your hands on like a raid weapon, like you know, like Apex Predator or something like that would be really good. But I actually mm. thought, and this came to me much later that. Um, I think a better use for those tokens should have been allowing us to purchase new deep sight resonators or deep sight harmonizers, whatever they are. Because mm-hmm. we get six on the battle pass if you purchase the battle pass. You get three on the free and three on the paid. Yep. And that's it. Each season since they've come out. But being able to have six more would have been a boon to people that are like one away from things. Yeah. And really mm-hmm. could have completed some stuff. And uh you know I, I, I think I would have preferred that more if that was an option. Disappointed it wasn't an option. But 
Um, yeah, I, I think the wish thing, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the quests as they become available. They, they don't expire until Final Shape comes out, so most likely you can work on them as you go. Um, the quests for them are all in the API right now. People have shown what all six weeks are going to look like. Uh, sure. one, of, one of the weeks is kill 80 taken bosses. Oh. I said 80. Yes, 8-0. Or, and there is an or on this, uh, kill the super, super secret ogre boss, take an ogre boss in the Dreaming City. Oh, That's uh, the one where uh, the saboteurs appear on the map. And they drop the orb, and you have to jump out to that statue way the hell out and dunk it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then the big ogre shows up, and you have a limited amount of time to kill it. Basically, take its shield down. Uh, by There's more orbs that generate that you throw at it, but if you throw it to another guardian, you overcharge them, and you'll knock off more of the thing faster. And you, then you have to nuke the boss. And if you kill that, it clears it instead of killing 80 taken bosses mm. um uh week six is just complete the prophecy dungeon that's not too bad you know that's uh, not bad there, there's a, a week where it you have to do legend or master lost sectors and have to kill 1600 enemies in those Lost sectors. That's, Nothing is said about if you know it's um, depending on the strength of the enemy changes how much progress you get. Mm -hmm. But these these are just grindy as hell for the most part. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, the, here's your reward for doing this stuff. Have fun. Get some neat little trinkets out of it. Oh, you're going to have to basically play it nonstop now. Uh, this is a bizarrely weird way to feign uh, showing support for your players by putting something out there that looks like it's solely just to boost player amounts. You know, the, mm -hmm. the amount of time people are playing in the game just to keep the numbers up. I know that's very cynical sounding, but that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Though I will do Prophecy Dungeon because it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah, last time I did it, I uh, did it solo. And not flawless, just regular solo. And I got my uh, rabbit ghost shell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my try to solo flawless it before the season's up. I mean, you basically put on a strand titan and you're practically invulnerable. I think the only thing you really have to worry about is getting booped off the arena for the very first boss fight. That's it. The rest of it, you take your time. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, that that is... The uh, Destiny updates. 
for right now. Uh, beyond that, as I mentioned at the start of the show, I am playing Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which is the eighth game in the Like a Dragon slash Yakuza series. The second game with uh, Ichiban Kazuya as the main character. And it is a turn-based role-playing game versus the beat-em-ups that the prior games all were. Uh, that seems like six. an interesting change. It was an April Fool's joke. <clears throat> RGG Studios, after, I think, Yakuza's Song of Life came out, which was the sixth entry in the mainline mm -hmm. series, where uh, Kazuma Kiryu was the main character. And they were all beat em ups, flat out mm -hmm. just beat em up games. I mean, you could build up your stats and get yeah. some new, uh, you know, combos and moves and stuff, and work on improving particular fighting styles for him. But they were just beat em ups for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, they put out an April Fool's joke that oh, the next one's going to be a turn based role playing game like Dragon Warrior, <laughs> Dragon Quest, and all this stuff, and they thought they were having a laugh. And instead, the player base went, no, that sounds really cool. Holy shit, I would love to play that. Mm. And the studio went, is it possible? <laughs> and did some workups and discovered that, yeah, they could keep the game... The, the themes and everything that make the game, but change the combat system basically to being a turn-based role-playing game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, typical TTRPGs, uh, tabletop role-playing games, or CRPGs, computer role-playing games. Um, you have like fantasy classes, you'll have like fighter, knight, paladin, cleric, all this stuff. And like a dragon, you have homeless guy. <laughs> assassin cabbie yes taxi driver cabbie yeah hero that's obviously ichiban um hostess there's another one detective uh i have surfer uh geodancer that's a, a one that you find on the island of hawaii in this game which is one uh, essentially, the look of it are the fire dancers that you would see, the Polynesian fire dancers. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the, the maid, housekeeper, yes, there, there's a class. Um, oh, God, what is she called? It's like the night madam. <laughs> oh, it's a dominatrix. I'm not kidding you. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, like the 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 weapons are riding crops and stuff like that. It's it's th yes, folks. This is an M-rated game, by the way, for like violence and language and stuff, and some of the themes. But it, it's silly at the same time. For as serious as the main story is, I've been saying since forever that these side adventures can equally be as silly. But you also find side adventures that are deadly serious mm -hmm. with silly elements mixed in. Uh, for example, there was a gentleman, a side mission that showed up, 
for me, I think like third or fourth chapter into the game. There's like 14 chapters in this game. Okay. And um, it was at a shaved ice stand where an elderly gentleman was ordering just a large bucket of shaved ice, no syrup flavorings or anything like that. You know, people eat shaved ice. It's a dessert. It's a treat or a hot day. And he was taking it and he tossed it up in the air and let it fall on his head. <laughs> this isn't gonna work. This is gonna work. And he runs off. And you're like, what the hell? And you're like, sir. And he's like, shut up, you're like gonna mock me. And he takes off. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. And then, you know, if you check your map, the next part of that quest is a little bit somewhere else in town where he's at another location. But you get there after he they're refusing to sell them the ice because they got around very quick. This old guy's going around and wasting their stock. Mm. And you sit down and you ask him, it's like, what's happening? And you think it starts off weird and silly. And then it goes into, well, and he's an elderly gentleman. Keep that in mind. It's like my wife and I moved to Hawaii years ago, but she's terminally ill. And one of the last things she wants to see before she passes away is to watch it snow one last time, like it did in Japan. Mm. The wife can't actually leave. She's bedridden and pretty much ready to go. Mm -hmm. So Ichiban and his team decide, all right, we're going to help you out. We're going to try to figure out a way to make it snow in Japan, in Hawaii. So she it can fulfill her wish and she can die peacefully. That's, that's a pretty serious. Wow. <laughs> now this is where the silly part comes in. Okay. Because they tie it. Some of these things with other elements from the game and throwbacks to prior games. Mm. As one of the locations shows up again for this quest line is in a shopping mall. And I go over there, I figure I'm going to run into the guy in the mall, or I'm going to run into something that's going to cue me into how I can do this. And I'm walking past the the, the escalator in the mall, and it gets a cutscene started. And it's like, okay, here comes the start of you know, the next part of the subquest. And a baby carriage goes off the side of the, the, it gets away on the top and goes down the escalator. As this woman's screaming, my child, my child. And the baby buggy takes off down the road. Goes, blows out of the, the, the mall, and you have to chase after it. And what? you catch the baby buggy. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like, what the hell does it have to do with anything? Trust me, it gets more interesting. So you catch the baby buggy. And you're like, oh, good thing. Uh, all right, I wonder how the little kids do. Jesus Christ! You should look into the cat. The carriage and then it cuts down so you can see what's in it and it's a grown man in a diaper oh my god <laughs> it's mr gondora who was in the yakuza 7 which was the first game with ichiban where they turned it into the uh turn-based game he was one of what was called a pound mate pound mates are the summon system in this game where you call in a powerful ally to do an action or something. Gondawara 
was a gangster. It is a gangster who has other members of his group. They just like dressing up as giant babies and being pampered because their life is hard being a criminal <laughs> and being taken care of as a child is comforting to them. They enjoy diapying it up. What well, you run hell? into Gondawara again and his men. And you're like, Jesus Christ, it's you. And he's like, Ichi, how are you doing? It's like, oh, God. <laughs> Why are you in Hawaii? <laughs> it's like, oh, we're, we were here. In, you know, but what better way to relax than getting diaped up in paradise? It's like, oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> Not you, people. Why are this quest line that's actually deadly serious? And as you're talking to him, three other baby buggies pull up Fast and the Furious style. Doing oh like a God. full, full on, uh, they are drifting to a stop, and these three other yakuza jump out, just wearing diapers, nothing else, blaming you for stealing, the, kidnapping the boss. As you're saying, no, Gondwara, tell him that you look down. Gondwara is asleep in the baby buggy because being out <laughs> in daylight, and in the buggy, you know, oh, she just had to go nappy at that time. So you have to fight these guys in their diapers. Oh my god. In a parking lot, <laughs> out in the open, in full view of traffic. And when you finally beat them, yes, Gondawara wakes up and he yells at his crew. It's like, no, Ichiban, stop me from running off. You know him. And while this is going on, you realize that you're outside of another shaved ice location. Holy cow. And what? the old guy <laughs> is in line there, too. And he gets the thing, he buys a bunch, and you you talk to him, and Gondawara and his men are there too. So you have these guys in diapers looking all tough. Gondawara in a diaper who's sitting down at the table with Ichiban and the old guy. The old guy gets frustrated because Ichiban's like, you know, I I got distracted by all this stuff. I couldn't find a way to help you out. And you knock over your shaved ice that you're eating, and the old guy's looking at it, and it kind of fluffs up like snow suddenly. And you're like, what's happening? And Gondawara looks, she goes, oh, yeah. One of our diapies ripped open during that fight that Ichi had with my men. That's the the stuff inside the diaper, the absorbency stuff. Yeah, it fluffs up like uh, snow. And the idea is then put into place. You have to use Gondawara's men in their diapers to make fake snow to have it gently fall into the wife's room so she can pass away in peace. This is not a real video game. This is a real video game. You ask him, it's like, I don't want to use your stock. He goes, don't worry, man. We got diapers up the ass from when we came over here. We got whole boatloads of these things. We're ready for this. It's like... Oh my god. And yeah, it cuts finally when you're going to do it at night. The husband goes into his wife's room. He opens up the window. And he's like, I hope it works. And all of a sudden, like, looks like snow starts coming into the room. The wife basically tells her, the husband, about how much he's meant to her the whole life. He, he's worked to supply the best life that she had that was good enough for her, even if he wasn't around all the time. Because he's resenting that he wasn't there more for her. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is like emotional shit. And yeah, what the hell? And she dies as he's holding her hand. And then it cuts to what's going on on the roof. 
It's these Yakuza oh, and Ichiban God. in diapers, not Ichiban, mind you, but the rest of them are in diapers, tossing the stuff over the side of the building. So it's blowing around like snow. What? <laughs> and your reward for that quest, other than getting XP, is now being able to once again call Gondawar and his men as a pound mate. That is insane. <laughs> that is one side mission in this game. That's one side mission in this game. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> this game skirts the absolute absurd with some of the most sincere uh, emotional melodrama and sometimes commentary I have experienced in a long time. Um, when you meet with one of your first new crewmates, uh, Eric uh, Tomizawa, um, you're talking to him about Hawaii and how there's an area in Honolulu called District 5 in this game, which is a gigantic homeless camp that's also the front for the Barracuda's gang. Mm -hmm. big ass gang on the island and eric says flat out well it's interesting because hawaii is a paradise but hawaii also has the fourth highest homeless population in the united states and a lot of it is because people come over here or are dumped off here because the weather's so nice and they're just homeless and i think statistically they're accurate I don't have to look into it, but that's <clears throat> social commentary about the United States in this game. And you have this very expensive place to live in Hawaii. Hawaii is extremely expensive to live. And <clears throat> it has one of, you think with all that wealth, they'd be able to take care of people? No, it has one of the largest homeless populations. Uh, just as a side note, my wife is a high school teacher, and when she started her career multiple, multiple decades ago, two decades at this point, um, actually almost two and a half decades, uh, her parents, her father specifically, was like, you know, she was looking at trying to find a place that she could work at, and the state of Hawaii was hiring teachers. Mm -hmm. And her dad's like, oh, yeah, get a job in Hawaii. Go live in Hawaii. All this would be great. Let's live in Hawaii. I'll come out and visit you on vacation and stuff like that. Yeah, I can sleep on the beach and all this, you know. You know, typical, oh, you'll be living in paradise stuff. Well, she actually talks to some teachers. She reached out to teachers that lived there. And they're like, no. And this, this, keep in mind, this is like the early 2000, year 2000. This is like 2002. Mm -hmm. So 22 years ago. And they, they told her, it's like, no, we have to work three to five jobs just to be able to afford to live here. Jesus. The pay was so low and everything's so expensive. And yeah. that was 22 years ago. I don't want to imagine how expensive it is to live there now. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. And, and, and that's like barely getting by. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know this 
game has a very unique blend of um, absurdity and seriousness and sincerity that I actually have always appreciated about it. I am currently on chapter seven, I think. Mm-hmm. Not no, I think it's chapter seven. Where um, for a good chunk of the early chapters, uh, Kazuma Kiryu, the main character from the earlier series, has been with Ichiban on the island, who's looking for his mother, actually, his birth mother, who's gone missing, and all these gangs are looking for the birth mother as part of the overall story to this. Uh, He's been helping Ichi out, and at the end of Chapter 3, he comes clean and says, you know, guys, I have cancer, and, you know, I'm on a ticking clock, that's why I'm pushing myself right now to work as hard as I can to do whatever I can do uh, before I die. And this is a game series that this guy has been the main character at for a lot of the games, and RGG Studios is going to kill him off. And a not a blaze of glory, but through a terminal illness. Mm-hmm. And... At some point at the end of chapter six, Kiryu's body starts going out because he gets exhausted. He starts coughing up blood. And chapter seven sends him back to Japan where it actually splits the game. So you have Ichiban doing the central story. Kiryu in Japan, his story now is him running his bucket list. Mm Mm-hmm take care of any loose threads before he dies how somber is that and it's Uh, still insane at the same time Mm -hmm. i haven't played anything like this i i've played yes i've played games in this series i have a big fan of this series as a whole and the you know the side mission the side games that they come out with and all this I I do really appreciate this type of game, but this particular entry into this franchise has been really special. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so special. Um, the Japanese uh, gaming publication Famitsu, right? This is one of the oldest ones that have been around. Um, they rank their games out of 40 points. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it is rare that in the, I think, 30 to 40 years of publication they've been around, that they've given a perfect score to a game. Out of the literal thousands of games that they've done, I mean, mm-hmm. tens of thousands that they've reviewed, as of recently, only. 30 games have gotten a perfect score. Famitsu wow. gave Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth a perfect score. Wow. Yeah. I hope to anybody that actually is listening to this that this is piquing your interest in it. It is silly. It is dramatic it is violent it is bloody it's a crime story at its heart but there's a lot of heart in this crime story 
and I wouldn't have had this any other way, and I'm enjoying the shit out of it, and I'm only partially through it. Looking at my trophies that I've gotten so far, it says I'm less than halfway, 50% complete, and I know there's like, I still have hours and hours and hours of gameplay on it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's silly how much stuff is available in here. Uh, I'm trying to... What was, was there any other, like, really heartbreaking episodes that, you know... I don't, I don't want to talk about the main story too much because that's, like, the thing. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to spoil the twists and the turns for it. Uh, I know some game reviewers that I saw said they don't like the pacing to this game. But the pacing is very similar to the other games in the series. It's just how they do the story. So I mm -hmm. know by a certain chapter, there's going to be a twist that's going to come. They're going to pull the rug out from under you to change things up, to introduce something new into it, some new, uh, you know, kink in the hose, so to speak, that you have to work out to progress further, some roadblock you're going to have to get around. Uh, and that's happened a couple times. Uh, but, like, side mission-wise... I had a very interesting one where um, I find a sea turtle on the beach in Waikiki getting harassed by a bunch of poachers talking about how they were going to uh, uh, dispatch it and take its carcass and sell it off. So Ichi being Ichi beats the living shit out of the sea turtle. Uh, not the sea turtle. <laughs> the, the <people. laughs> no, no, no. He, beats the, he beats the shit out of the, the, the poacher. That would have been. He does not beat up the sea turtle. He does not that would have been the wildest that twist. That would have been the wildest you know, change of all time. That <laughs> um, that happened. But no, no, he beat up the poachers, sent them running. Because apparently in this world, if you beat somebody up, they might have a change of heart. Or at least give up and run away. Okay, fine. And, uh, uh, as an aside, because my kid will sometimes be sitting in the room for this. Um, <laughs> when she sees me getting into a fight, it's like, nope, they're getting a timeout. This timeout. I knock, time, them, yes. I knock them down. They get a timeout. They get a timeout. Like I said, they're, at, they're laying on the ground. They get a timeout. <laughs> in this game, like, when you beat, like, enemies, they typically like, oh, we'll, we'll be back, and they take all. I mean, it, it's not like they have a bullet hole in their head, and they're just bleeding out. And those are main battles later in the game, like actual boss encounters. Those are the ones that have a pretty much a grislier end at some point. Mm -hmm. But for, like, just the common street trash that you're dealing with, nah. They're just beat up, they're holding their, you know, their sides or their chest or their arms and like huffing and puffing and they take off, they scatter afterwards. Okay, no big deal. They get a timeout. So I save the sea turtle, right? Not beat up the sea turtle, save the sea turtle. And I'm talking to it, it's like, all right, well, now you're all safe and sound. I, I go on out to the ocean to live your life. And you hear this voice go, thank you very much. I appreciate you saving me. <laughs> and, and, and Ichiban's like, yeah, no problem. Wait a minute, did this fucking talk to me? <laughs> it turns, and it's like, you, you hear the voice again, no, it wasn't the turtle, but that's my friend. It's like, all right, who is it? And you turn around, and there's this mascot. There's a person in a mascot costume. It looks like this anime version of Godzilla. 
Okay. And freaks the hell out of Ichiban because it's this big shot of it, like zoomed in its face. As he turns, he's basically face to face with it, mm-hmm. and he freaks out and blacks out. Oh! <laughs> and the person goes, "Oh well, I guess I'll take him back to the island with me." You wake up on a strange island at that point, not in Honolulu, not in. Not where you were, not on the mainland of Hawaii, on a little island called Dondoko Island. And Dondoko Island used to be a resort. Yes, this is the Like a Dragon's version of Animal Crossing. That's how you start off. You are kidnapped by a guy in a mascot costume (laughs) to this island. That a bunch of piratical... Yes, you heard me correctly. Piratical sanitation workers have been illegally dumping their trash on this whole time. So you go around cleaning up garbage to expand the areas and to purify it and rebuild and get people to come back while fighting sanitation pirates off who keep on dumping trash there. Mm -hmm. Advertising the island, getting new resources, and eventually returning it to its glory days of being a four-star and even what I did, making a five-star resort. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent, from when I got to Dondoko Island, I think four straight days just using it, just playing that minigame. Because once you hit that island, the rest of the story stops oh. on the mainland. So you could stay on that play in Dondoko Island for as long as you want. I was there for 40 days of how they do the day-night cycles on Dondoko Island before mm-hmm. I went back to the mainland. I highly recommend playing it because you will also earn, if you do it all, around $500,000 in U.S. currency to take back to you, Honolulu with you when you're finished which essentially breaks the game. Sure. Because now you have more money than you know what to do with, and you can just buy things and empower yourself pretty quickly. Um, Dondoko Island is based on four categories. Uh, categories that tourists are looking for. I mean, obviously, they want it. some of them don't care what kind of uh, resort facility they can stay at. So the lowest level, which is, I think, rank F, is a pop tent. And, you know, you could just put them in a tent. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, like, these little shacks, or you can have this S rank villa that you can eventually unlock and build. You know, that's part of the attraction, but... Certain people want certain things. Um, so you have elegance as a stat for the island. Mm-hmm. You have rustic as a stat for the island. You have pop, which is popularity. So things that are like um, arcades and current trends and stuff like that. And then the last category for the island is sleazy. Sure. Oh, that's where I put the strip clubs on the island, the casinos on the island, the love <laughs> hotel on the island, uh, the soap land on the island. Yes, I, I, I maxed out on my island 
um, elegant, rustic, and sleazy at the same time. Pop is almost maxed out. I still have you know, some spaces to build stuff, and I'm going to max that out too. But I have a five-star island because of it. I have mm-hmm. all sorts of weird tourists that are showing up. You can advertise on the local TV or put an ad on the internet. <laughs> and they show this wonderful cutscene for each of them. Um, I've beaten up all the pirates and cleared them out. You run around, you catch bugs, you get resources, you build stuff, you improve the house that is given to you on the island. So you have a place to live. You can decorate the inside of it, which increases your health while you're on the island. You have more hearts, so in case you have to do battles, you're there. You can go fishing. Um, it's 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 simple, but it's fun. And on its own, it's a full game by itself. Mm-hmm. I called it a mini game because you know it's included in the main game. And it is a technically a side diversion, but by itself, Yakuza Crossing is wonderful. And I could see myself playing that as a full-time game. That's wild. I haven't even told you about the Pokemon game in it. Oh. There's a there's a Pokemon game in in, in Like a Dragon Infinite <laughs> Wealth too. What? It's called Sujimon. In Yakuza 7, which was called Like a Dragon, the first time you were introduced to Ichimon, you met the Sujimon Professor. Yes, just what you thought it was, Sujimon Professor. Except Sujimon are weirdos and deviant people. So he had you walking around and snapping pictures of them. It was kind of like Pokemon Snap at that point, okay? Okay. You're just capturing pictures. In this game, it's a little different. Because now you can actually um, have these weirdos join your party as Sujimon to fight battles against other trainers with their Sujimon. Just like a Pokemon game. There's a Sujimon League that you can go and enter and win. There's badges you can claim. Does this sound familiar to people that have played the Pokemon game? <laughs> Except you have people like you know, uh, a, a a flasher, a, a pervert flasher oh. in a bathrobe is one of these Sujimon that you can get that you can then evolve. By the way, into a higher rank form and max out their stats and max out their friendship, which gives you benefits. Um, you can even earn a job called Sujimancer. So in the main game itself, Ichiban can summon his Sujimon into battle with the regular enemies. <laughs> this is so stupidly funny. That's wild. <laughs> this is so dumb that I, I I am playing a game about crime that's very melodramatic and tugs at your heartstrings and equally ridiculous that has Animal Crossing and Pokemon built into it. And they're not just little, like, oh, the afterthoughts that are added just for, like, a ha-ha joke. These are full, fleshed-out systems. 
within this main game. I, I'm at a loss for how That's wonderful nuts, this game dude. is. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. I wanted to stream it, and I'm just like, no, I can't. I have to focus on the game. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to talk to anybody. And I'm just going to sit there and play and laugh. And that's it. And nobody's going to care. And the one day that I did it, I was doing it when uh, I started the game. And I got hit with a bunch of people coming in. Oh, I see you're streaming. Would you like to get more followers? Just, you know, pay this much a month. It's like, no, report, oh, ban, Jesus. report, ban. Yeah. It's like, oh, bots. No, no, we're done. Bye, Twitch. <laughs> you're dead to me. <laughs> yeah. But I highly, highly, highly recommend Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. I will talk more about it as I'm continuing along. Uh, specifically with my quest to be the Suji Master. And any other really interesting, like, um, side missions or summons that I get. You know, the Poundmate summons, which are interesting. I have not summoned Gondawara, but I, I know he throws a seismic tantrum. This big freaking Yakuza crime boss in a diaper, throws himself on the ground and throws a tantrum. <laughs> and it causes your enemies to suffer fear. Holy <laughs> And cow. disorients them. It's so stupid. I love this game. <laughs> that, is, that is the wildest shit, man. <laughs> And if you're wondering, because I mean, this is like the eighth game, eighth mainline game in the series. And if you're sitting there going, I don't know these people. Why would I want to do this? They do offer summaries. They're called a reflection. You can reflect back on your prior adventure as Ichiban, even if you didn't play Like a Dragon, Yakuza 7. Mm-hmm. Um, you understand what happened in that storyline then. And. It introduces you to Cosmic Kiryu if you've never met him before by playing the previous games. I don't think you need to play the other games to appreciate this. You just will appreciate it more if you did. Mm-hmm. But this is a great jumping off point for anybody that wants to try a Yakuza title and is not afraid of an RPG. It's It's... It's meaty. I haven't even talked about the uh, combat in this game. Like, most of it's turn-based, but unlike mm-hmm. a normal turn-based game, you have a radius, like a five-foot radius, that you can on-screen move your character around, because even the enemies are moving around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you can actually position yourself behind them, so you can hit them in the back. Uh, if the closer you get, you get a proximity bonus to do damage. Um... Sometimes some of your special abilities, you want to line up because it goes in a line and will hit multiple enemies. So you're trying to position yourself so when you launch it, it does multiple things or heal groups of your teammates or stuff like that. There's some on-the-fly tactical combat, but it's simplistic. Mm-hmm. In the best possible way. It's not overwhelming and it feels natural to do. And, um, you know, you level up your character and you level up their job and you level up your relationships. And you can, when you're leveling up the relationships, you start earning 
times where you can go have drinks with your teammates. And when you do, you unlock special things between you and that teammate. So you get like tag team moves just with you and the teammate mm -hmm. that do like big damage and stuff like that. It, it's, it's fun. It's really, really, truly fun. Um, I showed my wife a video this morning of what happens when you five-star Dondoko Island. You get a special ability for Ichiban that costs 100 magic points to use. And it takes a while to get 100 magic points for Ichiban if you're not like putting on things that boost his MP that he has. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's worth the surprise of when you activate it for the first time. I could not believe it. It's <laughs> called the Dondoko Friendship Beam. I thought it was going to be making fun of Dragon Ball Z, and that's not what happened. My jaw was hanging open when I watched what went down. <laughs> you can find a video yeah. on YouTube if you really want to look it up. So hearing the rest of this, I'm sure it's got to just be some it's, pretty serious out-of-pocket it, shit. <laughs> it's absurd. It's so absurd. Did I mention Danny Trejo's in the game? No. Yeah. Wow. There's actual celebrities in this game doing voices. Like Daniel Day Kim does a voice in this game. Uh, Danny Trejo does a voice in the game. I've already met, met his character. No joke. He is the leader of the Barracudas. The one gang. That, that tracks. <laughs> he fights with two machetes, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's him, man. It, it's even the face. It's him. That's awesome. It's it's wild. His name is something else, but it's it's Danny fucking Danny Trejo. It's like that's so awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, go play Yakuza, like a dragon, uh, like like a dragon, infinite wealth. It's it's uh, tremendous, absolutely tremendous game. Um, I think that'll do it for me. I don't know if you have anything to add or you're just enjoying listening to me going on about how nutty the game is. Yeah, no, I, this was, this was definitely, um, I, I, I was just here for the ride. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll continue talking about this over, you know, the span of however long it takes for me to complete it mm -hmm. because I'm sure I'm going to be finding more and more wild. I didn't even talk about the giant Roomba. I'm not going to do that today. I said giant Roomba. Yes, I said giant Roomba. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that today, though. Or the UFO conspiracy that's going on on the island. No, we're not going to talk about oh, that yet. Oh, Lord. Because I haven't finished that subquest yet. Ha ha. I don't know how it ends. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. But it, it's a good time. Uh, any other Destiny news pops up that are worthwhile? Uh, we'll let you know. By the way, um, some of you may have seen on social media the emblem that you could get by using the Chinese social network called Billy Billy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were looking for videos on how to navigate it because the site's in Chinese and you have to get personal information and sign up for Billy Billy. Uh, if you don't want to do that, don't. Because when the actual Lunar New Year celebration starts, because that's what this emblem is for, Bungie put up on their Destiny 2 Twitter account, Destiny 2 Teams, that they're releasing that emblem for all players for free. 
It's just that the users on Billy Billy got the opportunity first. That's mm-hmm. it. So just be patient. Don't sign up for it. It's not needed. You will get that emblem, and it is one of the best looking emblems in the game. Yeah, that's great. And unfortunately, the artist behind it was one of the people that were let go. Back yeah. In December. So, um, sorry for a little bit of a downer there, but at least you know, hang tight. That emblem. <laughs> Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. We'll figure out what to talk about. Obviously, you think I know what I'll be talking about, but if any bungee stuff pops up that's worthwhile, you will hear it. Otherwise, be well, everybody. Take care and bye bye now. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye.